Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. J-Rod Concerts family, welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. This is your host, this and every episode, Jamie Rodriguez, guys. And first of all, for those that uh, celebrate, Merry Christmas. It's Christmas uh, week 2021 when we're recording this. Uh, Happy New Year to all of you listeners. Thank you guys so much for your support. It means the world. And boy, do we have a holiday gift for you. And it comes in the name of Emily Scott Robinson. If the name sounds familiar, it is because her latest album, American Siren, has been atop the year's best lists for everybody. I'm talking NPR. I'm talking American Songwriter. I'm talking Rolling Stone. You name it. This album, this girl, is a unanimous choice for one of the best things that came out of this year. So we're super excited to have Emily on. We saw her perform a few times this year amongst them at Americana Fest and her own uh, headlining show here in Nashville. And I mean, the reaction is always the same. Jaws on the floor. Uh, Emily is signed to Oboy Records, of course, John Prine's legendary label, where she shares the um, amongst a select group, including friends of our show like Kelsey Walden. So, you know, what a special soul, what a special talent. You guys are going to get to know Emily like nobody else. Her journey is unique and just absolutely magical. And she's also a fierce fighter for human rights. There's just no other way to say it. Emily Scott Robinson is a class act, a class artist, and wow, what an honor to have her. Uh, if you want to find out more about her, and I mean this, check her out on tour when, if you can. Her website is emilyscottttrobinson.com. And if you guys are new to the show, welcome to the family. Uh, we do have a couple housekeeping items. Number one, we have a weekly newsletter with the top five songs you should know. You can log on at jrodconcertspodcast.com. And number two, we do ask you if you want to help us out by leaving a review or um, just clicking subscribe. That stuff helps us out a lot. So without further ado, guys, Emily Scott Robinson on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. It's always a great afternoon. It's always a great day when we have Emily Scott Robinson in the house. The amazing Emily Scott Robinson. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for doing this with me. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. My God, like, I love your music too much. Like, what a year you've had, Emily. Like, seriously, still coming off the high of watching you perform a few times this year. Got a million questions. But I got to tell you, like, let's start with this. American Siren, I mean, everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean, bold, underline, everybody knows this is a special album. Like, <sighs> we can talk about it. It's just spectacular, Emily. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so, I'm so honored, you know, because I... Like, I think so many of us, so many of us musicians spent this year really um, parsing through really deep questions and a lot of time alone in the in, in our world. And so, I mean, we really all did as humans. And so this record was written during this this period of intense kind of solitude and and contemplation. And so... It, it just means so much to me that something that I made on my own in this 
vacuum <laughs> in some ways yeah. has is touching so many people's hearts and finding its way to so many people around the world. I am I just feel really I feel really lucky. I really totally. do. Yeah. Totally. Where are you right now, by the way, Emily? So I'm in Colorado. I'm in my house. Okay. I just got yeah. back from tour. Um, I live in Telluride, Colorado, which is like a little ski town in the mountains of Colorado. Um, and I uh, don't have as much time to ski these days because of the record release. But right. but it's beautiful. And I'm a really avid hiker and outdoorsy person and mountain biker. And so I love living here in the mountains. It's really special yeah and how, how are the holidays typically for you i mean is it like a lot of you know patty griffin good food coffee hiking like it's all of the above okay so you just described my perfect holiday season <laughs> yes um yes a lot of patty griffin a lot of i love cooking i love cooking for friends and right now with covid um, kind of the COVID cases jumping around. Um, it's my friends and I are what like we're having a I'm cooking for a bunch of friends and having a dinner party in a couple days and um and we're all just like doing the little at home swabs before we all get together yeah, because good, good. you know like last year we didn't have the privilege of having this kind of easy at home testing and and so now it's like this year we, I feel so lucky like we get to spend the holidays actually having time with our loved ones <laughs> as long as we, you know, as long as we're all safe. And so, um, it's a lot of cooking and a lot of walking out in the snow and cross country skiing and, um, I'm going to see some family. So that'll be nice. I lovely. Sounds amazing, Emily. And, you know, and, and, and you were talking about how like the album came out of your vacuum and all that. And, you know, everyone is putting out the best year of endless, which right. Everyone, yeah. NPR, Rolling Stone, the boot, you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Everyone has your <laughs> everyone has your album front and center, like in, as one of the best albums of the year. It's incredible. Oh. Is there? Is it in a way like I know you don't do it for the validation. You do it for the art. It's obvious, but it, it it still has to be nice that everyone is just like giving it a standing ovation, right? Oh, it is. It's incredible. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of surreal a little bit um, because you know when you're just starting out as a musician you're making music that you feel really connected to and attached to and, and you feel is the best music you can make. And nobody really pays attention to anyone when they're first starting out and you're just out there building your audience and building your fan bases. And I just remember, Jaime, that like five or six years ago when I was still working my day job and I was just starting to like record my first few songs, I would look at those year-end lists. Like I, I stalked the year-end lists and I would look at NPR's 100 best songs of the year. And I I was just like, oh, my God, I don't even know how you get there. I don't even know how you break in. Like, I just, just wished that I could make it on there, but I had no idea how. And, you know, five years later, six years later, seeing Let Him Burn at number 19 on that list, like, I almost had heart attack. <laughs> I was like... No way. Wow. Um, and so it is, it's really special. I'm soaking it all up because to me, the most important thing is that my fans, my immediate fans, the audience members, like you came to my show in Nashville, right? And it was such a magical night. That's the most important thing is the connection directly between me and the fans. And I think that because of the excitement of the record, 
um, the press and the journalism world has really started to pay attention and they've, they've given it uh, a listen and really loved it. And so I just feel, I feel very privileged. I don't do it for that reason, but it feels great to be acknowledged. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Lovely. I bet. I bet. And you know, you talked about the, the live shows and the audience and, you know, one of the cool things, I mean, I noticed something like you, when you finish, you just finished a highly successful tour across North America, by the way. And um, I'm always fascinated by, by the songs that come alive on stage, right? Yeah. Like that almost transcend the album version. I know like your songs are great in record, but I felt like live, you just like go to like another level. Was uh-huh. there a song that you discovered this tour, Emily, that you're like, wow, this song live is like, it's, it's at another level to perform. Completely. Yes. Um, and I love that you said that. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> Um, okay, one of the songs that is a very sort of easy listening song on the record that has a really much stronger reaction live is track two, which is Things You Learn the Hard Way. And it's this really like sweet song on the record and it's kind of um, like an easy, I put it towards the front because it's like easy listening and it kind of settles you in. Yeah, totally. And on, in, in my live shows, I have so much audience engagement on that song because I actually tell them the story of how I wrote it and that I that I actually asked all my followers on social media, what are some things they learned the hard way? And I kind of tell the story about some of my favorite lines. And there is this one line in the song, um, and it, it, the, the song's ideas is, th- is lessons that you learn the hard way, things you learn the hard way in life. And one of the lines is, don't get married in a church called Mother of Our Sorrows. and it's just such a crazy line and and it's real it's true I I can name the person who gave me that lesson that she learned the hard way and her marriage did not last and um every time I play that song the entire audience bursts out laughing and I have to like vamp on a on a chord to wait until they finish laughing to keep going (laughs) so like there's just there's some songs that really are really powerful in the recorded version, like Let Him Burn, I feel like is very powerful. Old Gods is really powerful. And there are some that just translate even more deeply and in a better way, or they're lifted by the live performance. And that is one of them. Um, that one is is just... And then the other one that's really powerful in a live setting is Hometown Hero, um, which is about my, my cousin who um, died by suicide, who was a veteran. Um, yeah, sorry about Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, um, the holidays are this time where we like, you know, grief is this thing where you're sad, but you also love having happy memories of the people that you've lost. And so I was just looking at a picture of my cousin, um, James, who it was a picture of him sailing like the year before he died and he looked so happy and he looked so at peace. And so it's sweet to remember people we've lost when they were happy. Um, and, uh, so every place that I play, I play, I've played hometown hero at all my shows this fall because it's a song that for me, I wrote as like an act of service because I wanted to talk about veterans and mental health and suicide because so many people, the nature of depression is isolation. That's part of the disease of it is that you you isolate and you feel as if what you're going through is only is only your struggle and you're all alone and you sort of wall off. And so 
I wanted to reach people with that song. And at every show, I've had a veteran come up to me and and shake my hand with usually with tears in their eyes and say, I thought about all my friends who I've lost in this way or thank you for this song. I even met this amazing woman. I mean, if you can't tell by what I'm saying, I, my favorite thing is to play live shows and to meet people. Um, I met this incredible woman in Ohio who was in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. And she came up to me and she said, oh my God, thank you for playing that song. I'm part of a movement of veterans who are involved in farming and food justice and all this incredible work in the world where there there are all these veterans who are getting involved in farming and like food and the food system. And, and it's this idea of, of, um, of coming back and having purpose and purpose, um, giving people, uh, with PTSD and people with trauma, a sense of a place for healing and a, a purpose that feels really good and really positive. Um, and so if that song has been so impactful in my live shows, Really? Yeah. Well, you're making you're making me think now that one of the yeah. beautiful things that you do as an artist, and, and I love this because I kind of relate, is that everybody, it doesn't matter who they are, has a beautiful story to tell, right? Yes. Um, I, I, and you see it in songs like Overalls, for example. Yes, right? yes. It's a beautiful song. I mean, where you celebrate like just a good, consistent, neighborly person yes. that the town loves. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, in your previous life, and I think that it ties in together because I imagine that maybe it comes from that. I mean, this is also where you maybe learn Espanol is um, you worked with, um, you know, in a nonprofit, yes. in a nonprofit for, for immigrant, immigrant women, right? Yes, I did. I actually, um, I, I was a social worker at a um, nonprofit that helped um, victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, and we also did a lot of immigration advocacy. And as our pri- I was our primary bilingual uh, staff member. And so I worked with the uh, Spanish-speaking community um, in uh, Telluride, where I live. And actually, it, it was work that I really loved because we all want to feel like we're helping in the world and, and, yeah. um, and doing something useful. And it was so um, – it just – was so wonderful. I loved that work. It was really hard work um, because so many of the um, immigrants that I worked with were such valuable members of our community and didn't have documentation, didn't have sort of a legal status mm-hmm. that could give them the stability that they deserved as hardworking right. members of our community. Um, and in particular, I saw how vulnerable uh, women and children were to this lack of documentation and to this um, sort of unfair designation for specific categories of immigrants from certain places as being, quote, illegal. And so I loved working with the uh, Spanish-speaking community and actually then later went on to be an interpreter at a hospital. Um, yeah. And so a lot of what I did was immigration law advocacy with people helping them find ways to become documented, and that was um, that you know that was under the Obama years. It was uh, when defer- when DACA was passed, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. So I did a lot of work getting young people documented. 2012, 2013. Yes, yep, that, right? that's yeah. exactly right. Um, 
And then it was a really scary time, to be completely honest, um, when Obama left office and we had uh, an administration that was so deeply xenophobic and anti-immigrant and anti-refugee. That was, I'm a, I'm in it. I was born here in America. I am not in, I, I don't fear losing my status, but so many important members of our communities across the country were in terror and lived in terror for years. And so um, this is a cause I'm so passionate about um, and haven't really found, well, I have never written a song in Spanish yet because sometimes I feel like that's a bridge too far. Like it's coming. It's coming. Emilia, Emilia. All right, Jaime, I'm going to have to run it by you when I write it so you can make sure it makes sense. So, yeah. Perfect. Oh my God, Emily. Yeah. That, that's amazing. That's amazing that you did that. And, and it shows in, in your music. And, and I actually, you know, I'm not going to name the, the, the singer, but a pretty big singer uh, just performed last week. And, and her drummer is engaged to a Canadian girl. And we think that it's only Hispanic people, but like she's going through a really horrible experience. And right. she's Canadian. Like, she, she, uh, you know, I thought she was American, but she's going through. Right. It, it, the system just sucks, basically. The system does suck. And, and there's so much, um, to be completely honest, there's so much racism built into it. Um, and uh, like, um, yeah, I mean, there are, um, it's much, it is in some ways much easier for um, undocumented immigrants who are white or European or Canadian to sort of pass in the United States. Yeah. Um, and then there are plenty of Spanish speakers um, with a, a slightly darker shade of skin who are born in the United States and raised here and treated as if they do not belong. And so um, it really does come down to, uh, to me, it comes down to racism. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough it's a tough system to navigate and it made it made me feel really I loved being able to help people navigate it um you know because like especially I worked with um uh I helped women get what's called a U visa which is a special visa and status that can lead to permanent residency so it's it was a great option um and this is for victims of a violent crime um, and if they report the violent crime and they co- and they collaborate with police and the prosecution, they are able to um, gain a, a legal status, or sorry, a, a documentation in the United States. And I helped over ten different women and their families go through this really lengthy, really complicated process um, to get the visa. But what I felt like I was really doing was like providing concrete stability in their life and helping them navigate a system that was like almost impossible for English speakers to understand. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 that's crazy. So anyways, I feel like if you don't know or love somebody who's been involved in an immigration process, there's not a lot of compassion. And there are lots of groups of people who don't really understand um, immigration issues or um, the immigrant experience. And I just, um, it's a cause I'm really passionate about. And when I actually signed my record deal with Oh Boy, um, they're such a philanthropic uh, family and organization. And one of the big things they asked early on was, what are the causes that you're passionate about? Like, what charitable causes are you passionate about? And I said, this one. (laughs) So um, I'm looking forward to continuing to just kind of do uh, benefit work for immigrants and refugees because of Matters a lot. Thank you for doing that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I could talk to you for 17 hours. I, could I know. Me too. 
ridiculous. I love this. This is amazing. This is ridiculous. Oh my god. So, so let me ask you about something that my yeah. audience may not know. It's it's a classic yeah. story. You've talked about it ad nauseum, but I think it's great. You know, like when you live with your husband in the RV. Yes. Going across the country, you know, he basically went all in to support his yeah. his wife and your dreams. And I was thinking about that. Don't you think, Emily, that in a way that like gave you like a hunger that to this day, like there was like some unintended good stuff that came out of that period, don't you think? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so yeah. So in 2016, my husband and I sold a bunch of stuff, moved out of our house, um, put things in storage and we bought this motor home and we moved into it full time. And it was so funny because we were going to do it for a year and then a year turned into two, turned into three, and then ultimately four years we were on the road in this motor home. And we traveled all over the country, and it was the, in some ways, it was, it was like, in order to really make a dream happen, sometimes you can't give yourself a choice. Sometimes you have to pull the safety net. Yes. And, and so we did it in a way where we had money saved. So we did have a financial safety net in case things didn't go well. You can always say, all right, never mind. I'm going back to my day job if it doesn't work. But it did work. And we moved into the RV and I started entering contests and playing shows across the country. And when I first started playing shows, it was literally like, I'd email like a little cafe or a little venue. I might play on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. You know, I might make $100 if I was lucky. There might be 10 people there. It was little shows. It was house concerts. It was all DIY. And I was doing it all myself. And um, I'm really proud of that. It's kind of incredible. And I was also handed, I was also, a lot of doors opened quickly for me. And so what that did was, Finally, quitting my day job gave me the time and energy to dedicate to what I needed to do, which I yeah. knew in my heart and soul was write songs and perform them and share them with the world. And I knew that so deeply that that was my gift and it was my calling. And so um, living in an RV for that long and living on the road was like incredible training for being a touring artist because you really learn how to your life becomes so simple in a lot of ways like you're learning how to um you, obviously you're learning how to travel <laughs> all the time um but you're also learning the most important thing which is how to make home anywhere um and how to find home and fulfill your needs as a human anywhere you go in the world like and so whether that's food or coffee or or going for a walk or meeting people and the other thing it really did was I I just met so many people and it and and sort of jumped out in the universe and said like please catch me and they did and um I heard incredible stories um, and we relied on people to take us in and, and give us hospitality and help us along the way. And they really did. And so this was during, like, this was during the Trump administration, right? Which was, for me, a time where I was seeing a lot of, I was seeing a lot of fear on both sides being used as a tool to divide Americans. No matter where you fall politically, Fear is a tool that people in power will use to try and divide you. Sure. And I saw so much fear on the news, and I saw so much fear in the press, 
And there was a lot of real fear to be had, particularly for marginalized communities. And I think I was on the ground around America meeting people of all walks of life and, ex and, and experiencing their stories and their hospitality and their kindness. And so what I was really seeing was like a remedy to that fear. I was seeing that like what makes like what makes our culture and what I was getting to see every day what makes humans beautiful and what is still good about small towns and big cities and communities across the country. And there was so much good still. <laughs> and like, you know, there's not a whole lot of press ratings for good stories, but it was great to be able to sort of unplug and see America for what it really was at the time, which, yeah, there was a lot of fear and uncertainty. Absolutely. And that was very valid. But there's also still so much beauty and so many hardworking people and kind people and so much generosity. And I got to experience that. And so it was really special. Well, there's so much to unpack there. I mean, so beautiful. I mean, so many interesting things you said there, like where focus goes, energy flows, like mm -hmm. totally you focus, like you conspire the universe and make your stuff happen. And yeah, and also the thing about gratitude, right? Like what's wrong is always available, but so is what's right. Yes. Yes. Yes, you're completely. Such, you're such a kindred spirit, Emily. I know. Seriously. Oh <laughs> this you're is amazing. so great. I want to uh, play. You've been so good with your, with your, with your time. Of I course. I game for you, but let me ask you this. Also, okay. Before the game. Uh, as we go into 2022, right? Obviously, 2021 yeah. was awesome on a professional level. But Emily Scott Robinson, the person, what's a beautiful soul that keeps on growing? You're always growing, I can tell. Yeah. What is a facet that you want to shed going into the new year? Like, I don't know, like procrastination Ooh. or, you know, or reactiveness. <laughs> something that you're like, okay, I need to work on this. Yes. Oh, my God. I, it was the first one you named. Oh, well, I would say, actually, um, uh, Oh, okay, this is a tough one, but there are um, one thing that I want to shed going into the new year is my sense of wanting to, of my of my sense of control, um, and and so what I tend to do when I my career this is like one of the growing experiences of my career. When I first started out, I managed everything, and as my career grew and as my business grew. I could no longer hold it all. And if I tried to hold it all, it was going to keep it small. And, and so I've been adding, I've been inviting on, uh, you know, now I have a record label, I have a manager, I have people who are helping me. And as I'm learning to surrender these things that I thought I needed to control or I thought I needed, I thought I was really good at them, I'm finding that there are people who are right there by my side to help me um, with aspects of my career that I, Actually, I'm not that good at, <laughs> you know, like, actually, as it turns out, I'm a little disorganized with the accounting side of my business, or I'm not the best at social media graphic design. Like, I used to have to do all that myself. And so I'm shedding this need to control it all and keep it small, because as it grows, people are just right there to support me. And I have the best team ever. They are wonderful. And so I'm just... Um, you know, sometimes we, as musicians, as creators, um, we have these big dreams and we're like, oh my God, you know, our idea is that like everything outside of us is what's responsible for giving that dream to us. But ultimately, sometimes we aren't reaching what we really want because we are stopping that growth 
because it's scary to grow and it's scary to change. It feels scary. It's like uncomfortable. It's new. There's so much unknown. And I've had so much fear arise in my body and my heart this year as everything grows and I could feel it just like expanding. And so I'm going to be letting go of like my need to control it all and manage it all and allowing others to help me and asking for that help and understanding how much that is worth because ultimately now my job is to be an artist and I've been like artist slash business owner slash booking agent slash manager slash everything, you know, for, for five years. And now it's like, okay, well you have people who are, who are meant to do that now for you, Emily, your job is to write the songs and sing them. So yeah, I love that question, Jaime. Thank you. it's, It's wonderful. And when we put ourselves like such high standards, like when people like have like standards of perfection, mm-hmm. you know, the, perfection is the lowest standard you can have actually because it's yes. unattainable. <gasps> yes. So then, so then you get discouraged and then it affects your state and then you end up not doing anything and it becomes like a self-fulfilling thing, you know? I know this so, so well. Yes. Yes. I'm sure that you've, you've dealt with this too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but, but uh, I'm glad that you, you know, that you're digging deep because we all got to do that and embrace our garbage to keep growing. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, Emily. Well, listen, you, you've been so good with your uh, time. You have a lot to do. I do want to play a little game and I'll let you go. It's called, yay. It's called Flip the Tune. Okay. And the premise is simple. I am going to play uh, three 10-second clips of your songs in reverse. Oh, amazing. <laughs> And then, because, you know, I want to know how well you know your songs when they're, like, played in reverse. Oh, my God. I love this. This is amazing. Oh, wow. I have no idea how how I'm going to do. We'll see. You'll be surprised. We've seen all sorts of results. But I have high high hopes for you, Emily. (laughs) All right. Let's go with the first one. Flip the tune with Emily Scott Robinson. And away we go. I know this one because I was just listening to a record pressing of it right before our interview, The Time for Flowers. Right. And and, <laughs> and what gave it away is that fiddle part, the fiddle double stops, because at first yeah. I was like, um, I don't know. But yeah. Oh my God, I love it. You're already like in the top half of the curve. Okay, good. Awesome. Okay, one for one. Let's go with the second one. And away we go. Is this overalls? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love your, I love your sound effects. What was that? Oh my god, oh my god, Jaime, I have not listened to that song, the recorded version, in so long. Okay, perfect. (laughs) There was no way I would have gotten that one. Okay, that makes me feel better. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I gotta put a little tough one in there. I love it. For the the passing score. Okay. To finish the year strong, Emily Scott Robinson, flip the tune, and away we go. <laughs> I have no idea. Hang on. Um, 
Can I ask which record it's off of? No. I'll, I'll play you five more seconds. How okay, okay. All right, all right. Here we go. Five seconds. No way. Okay. Oh my god. I Is this oh, Okay, I'm going to make several bad guesses. Okay. Is this Everyday in Faith? Or no, hang on. <laughs> I love your sound effects so much as a 90s kid. They're perfect. Which song was that? The Time for Flowers. Oh, wait, there was a Time for Flowers again? I didn't think that you could do two of them in the same ones. Is that cheating? Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, which okay. one has this? Will you do another one? Sure. I'll yes. Okay, good. All right. All right. I, I, I agree with you. That was <laughs> okay. I'm really excited to see if I can get this one. Okay. All right. Let's see which one. Okay. All right. Here we go. And away we go. Yeah, because that was a little... You're right. You're right. Okay. Here we go. You got it? Actually, I'm not sure that I got it. Hang on. I'm trying to think which has a fiddle solo like this. I'm going to uh, give you five more seconds because I, I okay. want you to pass, Emily. I'm yes. all rooting for you. I really want to pass. Uh, this one is overalls. Yes! Yes! Yay! Oh my God, that is the most amazing test of my ear. <laughs> Thank oh my you, God. Jaime. This is so and much fun. Scott Robinson, we just, you know, we are enamored with everything about you as a fellow human being. Thank you for existing, seriously. Oh, my just God. Everything. Not just the music and all that, but just you as a human being. Like, what a spirit, empathy, love, growth, caring, connection. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you, Jaime. You are amazing. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I hope to make it back to Nashville really soon. And I can't wait till I get to talk to you again. This has been J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.